Hello and welcome to episode 181 of NCP. My name is David and with me for this episode I have Crystal. Hello. And Bo. What's up? All the way from the United States. Yep, from my from my bed in the United States. <laughs> we should re- we should title this episode In Bed with Bo. Yep. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Most episodes are in bed with Bo. <laughs> you are fully clothed though, right? Uh we'll say yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll go with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> For this episode, not only do we have a half-naked bow, but we also have reviews, a fact or foe, and our top five Star Trek ships. We've done our top five fictional vehicles before, but this now we're going to specify Star Trek. But before we get into that, uh, I want to talk about some uh, a, a recent event that's happened on the interwebs. Uh, as uh, Crystal said this morning, people on the internet are upset, <laughs> as as is their want. I believe my exact words were, did the internet get upset again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were your exact words. Uh, a couple of days ago, uh, a very popular YouTube channel uh, called Fine Bros, or Fine Brothers, depending on how you pronounce it, but B-R-O-S. Bros. Fine Bros. Like the 80s boy band. <laughs> I don't doubt that that's what, how they refer to themselves. <laughs> but uh, Fine Bros... Uh, Released a video uh, talking about um, how they were going to instigate a new plan. Now, Fine Bros, uh, if for anybody who's unaware, uh, are the are the makers of the React videos, like uh, Seniors React and Teens React and Kids React and that sort of stuff. They didn't invent the concept of a React video, of course. Um, they've been on the on right. YouTube for years, but they're 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 pretty they're, they're the ones that have pretty much uh, formalized it and uh, as, and has made it as popular as it is um i'm actually not a big fan of, of those videos react videos i just don't see the point really but um they're they no, were, terrible yeah they, they were very very popular well at least i mean at least theirs to be fair to them were very professionally made i mean they were they're quite polished um, it's not just some it's not just some dude sitting there watching a video and then every now and again eating a chip and then going Oh yeah, that's interesting. So it's the goggle box of the internet, is that? <laughs> yeah, what you're yeah, saying? that's that's yeah, that's the lower run type of, of of reaction video, kind of like the Jinx, the Jinx level of reaction videos. And uh, yeah, I went there. Jinx videos, disgraceful. But uh, fine, bros. Yeah, very <laughs> polished, very good, and um, you know they are what they are. But personally, not a fan. Anyway, so a couple of days ago, there was a video saying that they were going to uh, instigate a program called React World. And what this was, what the, the intention of this was, is that they would basically give you the ability to create reaction videos using their format, which they would then get a cut of the profits of, of course, I mean, of course, and help you promote. So instead of just making your own React videos, instead of just NCP Reacts, it would be, uh, you know, a Fine Brothers formatted type React videos. Now, the reason like they went, React World NCP or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so um, the reason they did this is, is, uh, is you know, there's multiple reasons why they why they wanted to do it. I mean, it's, and I'm just I'm, at this point, I'm strictly talking about what was said in the video, not the the rumors that abound after that. But basically, what for, for the last couple of years, uh, they have you know pretty much made React videos their own and have uh, gone out of their way to destroy all competition. Now, that in and itself is really not. That a bad thing. I mean, that's how business works. I mean, they are a business first and foremost. So, a business that tries to protect their IP and destroy all competition is not necessarily a bad thing. But the reason they've gotten a lot of flack about it is because 
of the current state of YouTubers and uh, what's called the strike system. Um, so if you if somebody sees your video and decides that it is copywriting your content, then you can contact YouTube and uh, and ask them to flag that video as uh, a copyright infringement. And apparently the process, I mean, I've been involved in it myself, but apparently the process is is quite uh, heavily uh, balanced against against the person who created the video and more for the person who makes the complaint. So it's really a case of you're guilty until proven innocent. And so you get a strike. And if you get, uh, strikes give you uh, various uh, detrimental effects, uh, like your monetization gets cut off and that sort of thing. Eventually, if you get to three strikes, you, your channel is completely deleted. Um, so people are very, very upset about this. And when the React video, the React World video came out, uh, people were quite upset about it because it really was just a twisting of that rule. So not only have they, for years, have they been doing, have taken advantage of the crappy YouTube rule to begin with, they're now basically just putting down the complete, you know, the beat, the hammer right down on just any competition. So it was, uh, if you make a React video, they will stop you in whatever way that they can. And they were very powerful. They had. Uh, Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of subs, that were, um, subscriptions. They were just very, very powerful and popular channel. The the thing that came out of that is uh, the reason people got quite upset about that is because is because of a yes the the what they've been doing for the last few years and what they thought was going to happen now that you basically essentially couldn't make a react video, but also because of just the general attitude of the two pe the the fine brothers themselves in the video. It really it really is quite poor. Um, I don't know their names. I mean, there's the there's the one with the glasses and the one with the 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 one without glasses. So we'll say. Glasses and no glasses, and the one with the uh, the one with the glasses was you know was 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 quite uh, you know reasonable, but the one without the glasses is it's it's he has this kind of weird reactions every now and again, but it, where essentially it's just it's it's very it's like it's full of contempt. People were very upset about his attitude, and and uh, not only that, they then they also decided that what this meant was that fine brother fine brothers were going to try and copyright the word react. Now, as ridiculous as that sounds, I mean, you can't actually, you can't copyright an actual verb, <laughs> but um, people believed it because Sony, believe it or not, recently, Sony actually tried to copyright the phrase, let's play. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> they weren't successful because, let's face it, it's ridiculous. Uh, but they, the reason they even instigated it all is because they have a program called Let's Play where you can play a game on their system and record it and then, you know, do videos of it and stuff like that. And that's perfectly fine. That's awesome. It's uh, very similar to the Xbox one, which which I now suddenly, the name escapes me. But so, yeah, so because that happened and failed and uh, so people automatically assumed that that, that was that that's what Fine Brothers were actually trying to do. It's actually not what they were trying to do. They weren't trying to copyright an actual word. Uh, what they were, what they, what they were doing was, was very simple business practice. It actually quite frankly made a lot of sense in terms of what they were trying to achieve they they wanted to copyright the idea of react videos in their format so that you know we for example couldn't make a teens react video without having to pay them some money now whether I, whether you agree or disagree with that as a concept that's perfectly sound business thinking perfectly sound there's absolutely nothing wrong with that um, now that uh, reacted in a uh, just a massive backlash, like uh, unbelievable. Um, now I'm not a huge YouTuber. I mean, I've, I've become uh, quite quite uh, fond of YouTube in the last 
couple of weeks because of my obsession with X-Wing miniatures. But uh, I think I've subscribed to every single X-Wing miniature channel there is. But, uh, I've, you know, I've, I've, so I've, I've actually got to see this firsthand. This is actually, I was, I'm quite pleased that I was you know, involved. I was, I was firsthand able to see this the actual release of the video itself and then everybody's reaction to it. Um, and the, the, the most important fallout of this was that uh, Fine Brothers hemorrhaged and I do use that word intentionally, hemorrhaged subscriptions at an unbelievable rate. Like, they were losing thousands of subscriptions every minute. Wow. So there's one... one, one I've never seen that happen before. I know, one user actually had a tally up. You know how you, sometimes you get, like, a countdown countdown to the next Star Wars film and all sorts of stuff? <laughs> one guy had a, a tally up that actually had, in real time, Fine Brothers subscriptions going down, and it was just... Horrifying. If I was the Fine Brothers, I actually I, I probably would have burst into tears. It was just unbelievable. And and you have to remember that these these guys are a business, and so they get money for all their videos. They get monetization through the YouTube partnership program, and so that was that was money. That was hundreds of thousands of dollars going down the drain. down the drain. And these guys have people in their employ. It's not just them. Not just two dudes making these videos. They've got an actual business run a company running this stuff. So it's pretty horrifying. People on the verge of losing their jobs and stuff. Um, but of course, on top of that, you also had the the massive backlash itself. You know, people making rant videos. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's, being the internet, you of course had the the psychos that you know felt the need to to turn it personal. Like the guy without the the brother without the glasses has a bit has a bit of a lazy eye, and so of course there's you know derogatory videos about him and you know and calling him you know greedy Jews and you know just all that various bullshit that the internet decides that they would need to do every now and again. And so, you know, so putting those aside, the, the obvious crazies, um, you had uh, a substantial amount of, uh, you know, funnily titled reactions, you know, we, you know, dot, dot, dot reacts to the Fine Brothers React World video, you know, stuff like that, basically as a big, you know, F you to the, to the Fine Brothers and stuff. Uh, but as of yesterday, um, they have released uh, a tweet they weren't even they weren't even brave enough. This is this is where my contempt comes in. They weren't even brave enough to do a video. They've basically taken down the React World video and then did a tweet, essentially uh, apologizing again. They've actually in in this couple of days period they already released a video apologizing, but their apology was so unbelievably contemptible that uh, it just made matters worse. Uh, I mean, like the uh, the non glasses brother. Um, actually rolls his eyes at one point while they're talking about it's like the, the glasses brother says we, we made a mistake and the non-glasses brother rolls his eyes and everybody's just everybody just the internet lost their mind you know what i mean um and i have to agree with that i watched that video and i have to agree he does seem like a bit of a douche um but anyway so they do a tweet saying that they you know it's like hey they're actually going to cancel the entire react world project um you know we, we, we made a mistake we apologize our intentions were good uh but uh we're actually not going to go ahead of it and interestingly enough, also added that we are actually going to stop uh, contacting YouTube and um, making claims against other React videos. So, I think that part of it is sleazy. You think that's sleazy? The whole like them trying to pull down other React videos is just is just like lame because their whole their whole like the whole React culture in general, the whole idea of I'm going to take someone else's YouTube video. And then I'm going to watch it and mm. make some lame reactions and then become a YouTube sensation. I mean, like, they're basically they're basically profiting off of other people's content and then they're turning around and getting mad at people that are 
doing the same thing and saying that they're profiting off of their content. Yeah, it just it just seems really lame and sleazy to me. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, going back going back to Jinx and what he does um, is yeah, I agree. I mean, the fact that they actually just sit there and watch somebody else's video on screen. So the whole video is played. It's not just clips that you would use in like a review. Um, yeah, it's an absolute disgrace and, and should be stopped. Um, but uh, what Fine Brothers do is actually they've evolved beyond that point. They actually don't just watch other people's videos as well. They do videos like um, seniors react to GTA. So they get a bunch of seniors around to actually play GTA and stuff like that. So Oh, okay. Yeah, so they've, so they've evolved beyond that point. So it's sort of like, you know, kids react to... Um, old, you know, Commodore 64 computers and, you know, stuff like that. So it's it's not just them just sitting around watching put videos a, now. Put a bit of a spin on it. Yeah. They've, I don't like that they're trying... I mean, they're successful anyway, and then they're trying to take other people down. Yeah. Yeah, they're unbelievably successful, and I agree totally. The whole, this, the whole YouTube copyright ban business mm-hmm. has gotten out of control. Like, mm-hmm. the people who get upset about th- things uh, that people like, what people like Jinx do totally make sense to me. Um, but the extreme nature that people now use. I mean, people are basically u- abusing the system in order to get rid of competition. Yeah. And that's, that's it's just not fair. You know what I mean? I mean, if you have a legitimate claim, by all means, go for it. If you don't have a legitimate claim, you're just being an arsehole. Yeah. Um, a la Nintendo in their current situation. You know, if you use any Nintendo footage, you actually have to pay Nintendo a cut. It's ridiculous. Even for reviews and stuff. It's just not, it's just not acceptable. Um, anyway, so yeah, so that's the Fine Brothers sin. So as as uh, as we record this, they have uh, apologised in a the most cowardly way possible. Uh, but we'll but uh, we'll see we'll see how uh, the react the the react videos are already on their way. It's like it's ah oh, it's a it's a uh, it's a victory for YouTubers everywhere and for common sense and all that sort of stuff. But we'll see how they uh, whether they actually get their subscriptions back and and uh, learn from this mistake. And it was a mistake, although I mean. Whether they had the best of intentions or not, I don't know. I don't know them. Um, but it, it was a failure in execution, no doubt about that. It was a shocking mistake. I think we should start a reaction channel where we react to react videos. <laughs> so there's plenty we of those. Guy, yeah, we watch a guy watching something, <laughs> and we react to how he reacts to what he's watching. <laughs> we'll call it reaction reaction videos. <laughs> we'll call them re, re-reactions. <laughs> yeah, re-reactions. Re-reactions. All right, you heard it for your first copyrighted. Don't even think about it, YouTube. <laughs> TMNCP. Oh, yeah. If, if anybody uses it, we're going to find Brothers Style get you banned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's the uh, the Fine Bros. <laughs> right, enough of the uh, Fine Brothers and uh, crazy internet people. Enough of their guff. Uh, enough of their guff. Let's <laughs> move on to our reviews. First up, we've got Bo, who's going to be reviewing the first three episodes of The X-Files. The new X-Files season. Yeah, I don't <laughs> not the first three episodes of the actual original show. <laughs> that would, that would be, cool. be hilarious. That would be hilarious though if I did that, just to throw a wrench in this. <laughs> hey, I just watched the X Files, and uh, I don't get it. I don't get this whole revamp thing. It's like they, in the first episode they, they meet each other for the first time. Yeah, this, was, this has to be in the nineties. Yeah, this can't be. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do, uh, I do yeah. of course, mean the revamp season ten. Yeah, so the first 10? three episodes of season ten, which yeah. I actually was surprised that it was, it was actually being called season ten. I figured they would just have some kind of relaunch title or something, but it's actually like a continuation of the story. Yep. Um, and you know, it, it jumps in head first too. Ooh. I mean, um, 
I have like a I have like a pseudo close relationship with the X Files because whenever the X Files was on TV, I was really too young to really get it. Although I was old enough to to watch it, but I really didn't get what I was watching. I, I thought it was I thought it was like a scary adult show. Um, I didn't get the subtle humor in it, and I didn't I couldn't follow you know the overall plot. But I do remember seeing kind of the monster of the week thing. Um, you know, as it was on television, and my father actually worked at Fox, uh, Fox Fifty Four in Augusta, at the time that it was on television. So I would go to work with him, and I would actually see it, you know, being broadcast. And they had X Files stuff all over the the station because it was at the time it was like their breadwinner. Like oh, yeah. the X Files made Fox. Like it was it was the biggest thing, you know, on that on that network. And so I kind of have this like close relationship to it where I was, like I said, I was really too young to understand it, but it just, you know, it was always around, it was just always around me growing up because of, just because of the coincidence that my dad happened to work at the television station. And, um, I, uh, I didn't actually watch the X-Files from beginning to end until a few years ago. Um, you know. It was, it was the first time I ever watched it as an adult, and I really got, you know, how it's a, it's a story that's kind of told through, uh, you know, all the different. If you if you watch all the conspiracy theory documentaries on Netflix, somehow or another, all of them is roped into one story that is the X Files, and it's and it's really amazing that they were able to take, to take all those different conspiracy theories, and turn them into one cohesive story. Um, I use the term cohesive loosely because the storyline the X Files is really convoluted and complicated, but, but in a really cool in a really cool way. Yeah, it's you know sometimes sometimes we have like people come into where I work and they say that you know they've got all these crazy uh, conspiracies about how the government's watching them and 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 they're you know controlling us by by fluoride they put in our drinking water. It's <laughs> as if that guy wrote a television show, but yet it was it was still really good. Um, so that's what the X felt. So wait, 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 I I know where you work, right? So not revealing anything. Yeah. What yeah. what would they need to be doing to start up a conversation where they're talking about fluoride in the water? Some oh, people man, don't need much. Uh, much in content. Do. I don't get how that conversation would start. Like you don't work in a cafe. Yeah, well, but I work around electronics, and people like uh, are paranoid that uh, that the government's spying on them, and they oh. think that. Uh, they think I'm qualified to address that. <laughs> <laughs> it's beaming stuff into our brains and the you know the cavities and all this stuff. Okay, right, I gotcha. All right, yeah. ten four hats. Gotcha. On, on the on the one on the one hand, they're giving me way too much credit because just because I work at like a computer repair shop doesn't mean I can uh, you know I can't overthrow the government. The government's <laughs> doing it. That's that's not, I can't control. It. They're doing it to me too. If they're doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't think you don't think it big enough. We could easily overthrow the government. <laughs> And, uh, and then the other side of that, the other side of that coin is like uh, you always see the people, and this kind of references back to the X Files. You always see the people with the tape over their, over their webcam. Um, <laughs> and it's like uh, while I understand that the technology does exist for someone to spy on you with your webcam, but like why you? Like are you? Are what are you? Fox Mulder? Like why would they? Why would they spy on you? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> that, this story actually. All oh, right, and I work and I work at a library. And I yeah. still had those conversations. That's madness. Oh, yeah. 
No, no, no. They, yeah. they probably have. Here's the thing: if you're one of those people, you probably have that conversation with every person you interact with. Anybody who <laughs> might want to listen or might not want to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. not allowed. To, they don't want to listen. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so the kind of the one. So, like I said, it jumps straight in hmm. the very first episode of season ten. I, I mean, it it starts off with dealing with the passage of time. It does. It has to address the fact that Mulder and Scully hasn't gotten together since the last time we saw them was get together was that that movie that came out. That was the most recent Mulder and Scully, um, you know, lore was was the movie that happened a few years ago, mm-hmm. and more than a few years. I don't even remember how long ago that was. Yeah, it was and, it was terrible. I've struck it from my memory. <laughs> Uh, it was a it, it was it was not a great movie. It was, it was a not a great movie. It would have made a good episode. But yeah. It was not a great movie. <laughs> gotcha. Um, but like uh, so, that's the last time we saw them together, and that's kind of an uneventful, uneventful movie. They don't really address a lot, so they almost have you know however long of a gap in time it was been since season nine, and they have to address that. Now I think they kind of address it too much. I mean, they right at the beginning of the movie they show Obama on television. They make a Uber joke. Uh, they make a joke about smartphones. They just go way out of their way to say, "Hey, this is Mulder and Scully. They're in 2016 now." <laughs> it's like a big flashing sign. <laughs> yeah, it's just really over the top. But honestly, what like that's my only complaint about all three episodes that have come out so far. Hmm. They've felt really nostalgic. Uh, the very first episode dealt a lot with. Um, the storyline and where it was left off in the television show, um, and it definitely is starting a new story. It's not. It's not. It is a continuation of the past story, but it's in a way that it's a whole new story that's gonna just gonna kind of address those things. Um, you know, we still have. You know, I don't want to get too spoilery, but we still have a lot of questions. At the end of X Files, they never explained his, his sister. I mean, there's a lot of stuff they left out, and I'm thinking that, like, right at the beginning. In the in the intro, they they mention his sister getting abducted, and then they start off with this whole new story. And I'm thinking that this has to address that. Like, they couldn't have planted that seed in the very first episode if they weren't going to address it by the end of the season. So I think we're I think X Files fans are going to finally get some closure um, in this season. And I'm kind of hoping that they they maybe do something more with the show. Like, I know this is only like six episodes. I think it's either six or eight. Yeah. Um, but uh, I kind of hope that maybe we see Mulder and Scully pass the torch to a new, to a new X Files. I mean, I understand why Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny may not plan on doing it for for more than six episodes. But I uh, I kind of hope that there's some there's more continuation somewhere, even if it just spins off to a new a new show altogether. Hmm. Um, I think that that would be that would be really cool. But if not, if this is just a way for them to kind of you know you know throw a throw a hat. You know, throw a nod to all the fans and and have one last hurrah. Then that I mean that's pretty cool too. Um, but you can tell just that that's kind of the main thing I want to I want to touch on in, in my review is that you can tell that this was made for the fans. This is not a modern retelling of the X Files. I mean it is very it feels like classic X Files. I mean all the the really bland monologues between Mulder and Scully and. And, you know, a lot of that doesn't translate well to modern television, but yet they kept it that way because 
they wanted it to feel like the original series, and I, and I think they did a really good job of that. And I'm, I'm loving every minute. I just got done watching episode three before we started the podcast, and I mean, seriously, loving every episode I've seen so far. And awesome. I hope that I kind of hope that it continues. I, I don't. I, I'm worried that if it were to continue, they would ruin it. But I don't think so. I think they really have a. I think that if they were to make more episodes, I think they would be just as good as these because it seems like the people uh, making the movie have has you know a great amount of respect for it. As long as David Duchovny doesn't write and direct an episode, we'll be okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. I think Bo is the perfect person to do the review for this because the original X-Files still feels like modern television to me and I need to get pulled back into the past when they pull out something like a huge... Uh, mobile phone or something because it doesn't seem that long ago to me yeah I don't know why people rag on these huge mobile phones they were able to work under the ground <laughs> yeah, exactly. they were brilliant <laughs> the, the funny thing about original X-Files is it's so old in the first couple seasons not only do they have big big mobile phones but when other people see them with the phones they're like oh they, they have mobile phones they must be an FBI agent or yeah. the government <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's like not only are they huge phones, but it's like abnormal to be carrying around a mobile phone at that time. I do remember um, a time where you, you saw someone with a mobile phone and you thought they were a pretentious yuppie wanker. Yeah, it's because they had that because it was not only the phone, but it was the big thing that it had to sit on and you had you know charge up and stuff. And, oh, was it like the like e cigarettes are now? You know, it's yeah, the same exactly. <laughs> so, uh, uh, do you have like a mid-season rating? Or do you want to leave it to the oh, end? I mean, a mid-season rating as far as uh, X-Files relaunches go, I'd say a five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. uh, I want to say one more, I want to touch on one more thing. Right. This is just kind of a little bit of trivia. Right. Uh, talking about the people making the movie having or, or making the show having respect for it. Uh, the original series had uh, Vince Gilligan as a co-writer. Yeah. And he is not involved in the, in the relaunch. Um, I listened to an interview with him on Mark Marin, and basically he said that he's he's too busy doing um, you know Better Call Saul, and and uh, he, he like literally just could not do the show. He couldn't leave what he was doing to go do it, and um, he sounds like he's like deeply saddened that he couldn't be a part of it, but that they asked him to, mm. and um, he said he says that uh, even at that time he had seen. Uh, some footage of the show and said that it was in it was in good hands. He gave it his blessing, um, and, and like I said, it, it really it really does seem like classic X Files. But uh, but yeah, so no Vince no Vince Gilligan, but still still great. I guess that's my review in a sentence. <laughs> okay, cool. If it had Vince Gilligan, it would have been six out of five. Yeah, they would have, they would have done twelve episodes instead of six. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's move on to my reviews. I'm actually going to do two. I'm going to sneak in an extra little mini one. There's a shock. Well, it's my show. I can do it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> For my first review, I'm, re- I'm reviewing Sicario. Uh, Sicario is a 2015 action crime drama directed by Dennis uh, Villeneuve. Yes, Dennis Villeneuve, who I am a fan of. Uh, I've seen uh, a few of his films, and uh, I think he's very, very good. Uh, they would. Um, you might have seen Enemy, Jake Gyllenhaal. No. Uh, they, well, I know you've seen one. You saw uh, Prisoners with um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> and uh, and 
Wolverine. Wolverine. <laughs> Australia's own. Australia's own Hugh Jackman. I can't believe we've got his name. But anyway, so you would have seen at least that one. But yeah, I've also well, seen the, uh, the, Polytechnic and... Um, it was well made, but... One of the other ones. Not one of my cup of tea, really. Oh, okay, fair enough. All right, well, he's, he's, he's very good at what he does. Yeah. Uh, it uh, stars Emily Blunt as Kate, uh, Benicio Del Toro as Alejandro, and uh, Josh Brolin as Matt Graver, and deals with the American war on drugs. So it's, it's, it's a story that's been done a billion times before. But uh, this one is very stylish, uh, very well put together. Um, it's got uh, some really incredible set pieces, uh, including the, um, the uh, traffic jam. It's topped off by some, uh, just some first-class acting. Um, I mean, Emily Blunt's always good. Uh, Josh Brolin, always good. But Benicio Del Toro, he just, just knocks it out of the park. It's just a, a magnificent performance. Is he related to the director of Pan's Labyrinth? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I can't wait to avoid it saying his name. <laughs> uh, at least not that I know of. They might be distant cousins. Well, I mean, aren't we all related, human beings? Let's not get into that. That's, that's a huge discussion. We're all children of Adam and Eve? Bacteria. All right, back to the review. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's been done a billion times before, but, I mean, I just, I this one, it stands out for me just for the uh, the high level of uh, production values and, of course, the acting. Benicio Del Toro, I'm not even that big of a fan, I must be honest with you. I mean, I like him, but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch a film that he was in. But I'm telling you, this, you need to see this film, if only for his performance. Uh, yeah, so that's uh, so Sicario. Highly recommend it. Uh, I give it, uh, I'll say, four out of five. It really is that good. That was a quick review. Yeah, uh, my other review review is uh, Deathgasm, which is a completely opposite type of film. Deathgasm is get... it's better than the, the title. Now, Deathgasm is a brilliant title, oh. and it makes sense for its for its uh, for its for the film. It's basically it's a comedy horror uh, from New Zealand. Uh, it's uh, directed by Jason Leigh Halden uh, and is written by Jason as well. It stars Milo Crawthorne as Brody, James Blake as Zach, uh, Kimberly Crossman as Medina, uh, Sam Berkeley as Dion, Daniel Cresswell as Giles. Um, and, and Giles, by the way, has got glasses on and uh, is essentially Giles. I was thinking of funky cold Medina. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? What are you talking about? As soon as she said Medina, my brain just went. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. That's just that's just wrong. Anyway, moving on. Um, it uh, it is very very much in the vein of um, uh, Evil Dead and uh, what's that? What's the uh, Peter Jackson film? Brain Dead. So it's it's very much in that sort of vein. It, whereas it's it's a uh, Brody uh, has come his his mother goes mad, so he gets. Uh, uh, goes to live with uh, some relatives, um, and they're like uptight Christian type family, and uh, he's into death metal and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Hence the title. And you know, he plays guitar, and he's and he's you know, he's all dressed in black. He's basically he's a heavy metalist, and um, and uh, so it doesn't go over too well. They sort of they don't really know how to handle him, and and he's perfectly he's a perfectly nice kid, and they just they're just a bit sort of confronted by you know these sort of stuff and. And so he has a bit of a hard time. He gets bullied at school and stuff. And he, he sort of... He, the only friends he's got are Giles and uh, Dion, who are both, you know, super nerds. And they're basically the epitome of nerds. Like, Giles is, you know, glasses and he's the GM of the, of the D&D role-playing group. And Dion's is, you know, overweight, never washes, you know, that sort of stuff. The classic sort of, you know, nerds. And, is, this, uh, is this set in New Zealand? It is in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all in uh, Auckland. Mm. Auckland. The, the character names are very American sounding. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, true. 
Uh, and so Brady uh, has a crush on Medina, who is, you know, the hottest girl in school. You know, classic sort of stuff. And he, he, just does, he doesn't have any uh, um, confidence to actually do anything like that. Uh, he eventually makes a, a, f- a friend in Zach, who is a fellow heavy metalist as well. Like, they're at a record store, and they're going through, you know, records and stuff like that, and uh, they eventually bond. Um, Zach uh, is an absolute bastard. I mean, he's, he's only in it for himself and everything like that. He's a criminal and all that sort of stuff. But he's the only, he's the only, the only real friend that Brody's got, so... I mean, he's got to get, take what he can. Uh, they stumble across uh, the um, hiding place of uh, the lead singer of this of this uh, almost mythical heavy metal band. Like he just like they, they were hugely famous, and then he just lost it all because he just went insane and stuff like that. And so they stumble across that house, and uh, and the, it, while they're while they're robbing it, and they do actually, um, and they steal uh, his copy, last copy of this you know famous album that's incredibly hard to get. And inside this album, they find a selection of lyrics and um, music, so music sheets. Uh, and unbeknownst to them, that mu- the lyrics and music sheets are actually an incantation to summon the Blind One, a, uh, a demon who's uh, out to destroy the world. And uh, so they, of course, they they, they they think they've found some unreleased uh, music, and so they you know they get their band together and. Uh, and they attempt to record it. And while they're doing that, they have sort of like reactions because they're actually summoning mystical energy. Did they and do a reaction video? No. <laughs> nice. Um, and anybody within hearing uh, or earshot, earshot, that's the word I'm trying to think of, hearing range, um, I don't know what happened there, uh, um, become possessed by demons. And then uh, everybody they touch then become possessed and basically becomes like an, an epidemic. It's kind of like it's it's... It's uh, it's like a zombie epidemic, but they're all possessed by demons, and they, and then uh, and that's when the the brain dead and the evil dead sort of stuff comes into the fore. It's uh, lots of gore. If the sight of blood to, is, makes you queasy, do not see this film. It's gore everywhere. You know, penises getting chopped off, chainsaws through people, death by dildo, that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's just. It just, it just basically just ramps up the uh, the gore factor to eleven. Um, see, that's my Spinal Tap reference in a, yeah, in yeah. a music movie. Yeah, yeah. You got that? I got that. Got it? I Good. got that. All right, awesome. Um, and uh, and I think that's basically where it lets it down. Like it's it's. I'm actually I'm I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of gore. I'm not anti gore, but I just I'm just not a big fan. You're of not a fan just, of gratuitous gore. Yeah, it just it just it just goes over the top, and I can see why. I mean, it's this the whole point. The whole point of the thing is it's trying to do brain dead. And if anybody who's ever seen Brain Dead. That film goes over the top. I kick ass for the Lord, you know, brain stuff. But it just, it just, the blood just sort of goes about going. Well, well Brain Dead's got a scene where a guy's swinging around a lawnmower. <laughs> That'll give you an idea. Um, anyway, so yeah, but also people who have seen Evil Dead. So it's that sort of the comedy, um, possessed demon type stuff with lots of gore and stuff like that. And of course, and I think it just goes a bit too far with the, like the dildo scene is funny, but then there's a scene later where there's one of the possessed uh, people. Um, he's got no pants on, and so his dick's hanging out, and so Brody, for some reason, aims for the dick, and it's like, well, what's what's the point of this? <laughs> it's like, uh, surely you would still aim for the head. Like, the dick's not going to cut in the dick, so it's not going to accomplish anything. So it's got stuff like that, and uh, I just think it sort of crosses sort of crosses over. I'm not, I wasn't offended. Don't get me wrong. It didn't offend me. Just I just didn't think sense. it was funny. So silly. Yeah, it's yeah. just silly. It's just, it's just silly. Anyway, but, uh, but other than that, <laughs> everything else I thought was hilarious. And Medina was a cool character. Um, Funky and cool. <laughs> will you stop it? 
Do 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 do. And I quite liked Brody and uh, Zach's interactions. Uh, they were quite cool, and, and Brody himself is a cool character. So overall, I quite enjoyed it. It does a bit go a bit silly sometimes. So uh, I'll give it uh, two and a half. It doesn't really feel like the film for me. It's not the film for you. <laughs> There's a light right out there. <laughs> At one point, he kills the family that he goes to live with. This is actually probably the funniest thing. The fa- he goes to live with the family. They've it's revealed because the the dildos are theirs. Like it turns out, they're all sex sex perverts. This uptight Christian pet family, right? There's a shock. Not that having a dildo is, makes you a sex pervert, but there's other stuff revealed. I won't spoil anything for you. The man comes home and puts women's underwear on. I'm not. I'm not saying any of that. I'm not. <laughs> anyway, I'm not judging. Anyway, so after that scene's finished, where they kill the parents, the, their son comes, and their son's the one that's being bullying Brody all this time. Um, the son comes home, and Brody kills him, even though he's quite clearly not possessed. <laughs> and, and Zach's like, uh, dude. And he's like. I don't know, he was clearly possessed. He, he walked in and said Satan or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was funny stuff. Your Honour, he said Satan first. <laughs> he, says, he said Satan. Zach's like, whatever, dude. Anyway, deathgasm. All right, let's move on to fact or foe. Uh-huh. Fact, okay. fact, fact. Foe, foe, foe. Thank you for doing the, the jingle. Thanks. I like a better term. Is that our official jingle? <laughs> Okay, and remember not to, if you know the answer. Okay, I promise I won't stuff it up this time <laughs> like I did the last time. <laughs> okay, so fact or foe is where I present uh, the boys with three facts in air quotes and they have to pick out the foe one. Okay. <laughs> the, the This week's theme is uh, words that originally came from science fiction, although you may not have thought so. Yeah, so it's... It's everyday words that came from science fiction. Yeah, so these three words, uh, three, two of these words did come from science fiction, and one did not. Ooh! So the three. Have you wo- got proof to back these claims up? I do. Okay. I've got a massive um, science fiction encyclopedia over there. <laughs> it is massive. <laughs> so the three, the three words are cryogenics, gas giant, which technically is two words, but I'm using it as one. Gotcha. And tween. Right. Who would like to go first? So one of these words, or gas or phrase... One of these you? words is not like the yeah. other. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, every now and again we, sort of, we branch up. Yeah, I had some red cordial and it's gone straight to my head. So one of these words... So all three come from science fiction. Is that what... Is that what I'm, I'm a bit confused. Possibly. Oh, possibly. One of them is not. Okay, so these are all real words. They're all real words. But one of them did not come from science fiction. One of them did not have their roots all right. in science now, once fiction. It, well, as always, we'll let uh, his, uh, Naked Bo go first. Okay. <laughs> mm, so, I feel like this list is designed to make me think that it's tween. <laughs> You're a smart boy, Bo. There's no design behind any of this. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah, because cryogenics, gas giant, are both real words that sound like science fiction. But tween does not sound like science fiction. So I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a, to, to lead me astray, it's a red herring. Uh, so I got a 50-50 shot on cryogenics and gas giant. It's 50-50, isn't it? I say gas giant. You reckon gas giant? Oh, 
I think I think gas giant did not exist. I think it's a real word. They're all three real words, but I don't think it came from science fiction. All right. So you're Even going. It you're, sounds like you're going gas giant. I'm going gas giant. All right. Now I agree with you. I think tween is quite obviously a red herring, but I think she's pulled a put a whammy on us. No whammies. <laughs> I think it is actually... I'm going to go with Tween. I'm going to go with the obvious answer because I think she's trying to double-cross us. Yeah, she's, she's double... She's double red-herringed us. Double, yeah, double red-herringed. Two red-herrings. Yeah. She knew that it would, that it would be too obvious. Yeah. And we would guess that. Yeah, All right. I'm going, I'm going with Tween. All right. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take these in order then. Cryogenics is from the Greek root meaning cold producing. This is a word used in physics to mean the production of extremely low temperatures and study of phenomena at these temperatures. In other words, it's a it was it's a physics based word. It did not come from science fiction. That is the foe. We're both wrong. <laughs> uh. so, what, so, that, so that means tween is in fact from science fiction. Well then cryonics um, uh, to, to go on from that actually is a word that was coined by Carl Werner. And that did come from science fiction, but it's oh. building on cryogenics. I can't believe we're both wrong, and you've just moved on from that fact. It is it's all good. Winrar is me. <laughs> Winrar is Crystal. Okay, gas giant. Believe it or not, I just assumed that was uh, the name that you gave yeah. the jet gaseous planets. Right. But um, it was invented by James Blish, and it's now so often used by astronomers that you just take it for granted. Wow. Oh. And, and, and Tween, I'm intrigued. I must know. Tween. I can't believe you didn't get because it's from Lord of the Rings. What part? Tween refers oh, to Oh it is. Refers to hobbits um in their irresponsible twenties, but it's now used used more for preteens. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had heard that somewhere recently. Yeah. God damn it. Alright, yes, yeah. <laughs> you, you, Crystal Crystal is winra. And that is this week's fact or foe foe foe. <laughs> You do that so well. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for that. Uh, thanks for uh, making us look like fools. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to our top five. Our very popular top fives. Actually, what, during the uh, Fine Brothers b- business, one guy was saying that, uh, well, I'm gonna, that's, well, screw it. I'm just going to copyright top five lists. You're all fucked now. <laughs> and I was like, No! <laughs> All right, top five. For this edition, we're going to be talking about our top five Star Trek ships. We're all a fan of Star Trek here. We all love their ships. In fact, when I was listening to my iTunes on Shuffle yesterday, the song Star Trek came on. Across the universe. For the Starship Enterprise along with Captain Kirk. Yep. <laughs> we can't get copyright infringement if we just burst into song ourselves. Oh, can we? <laughs> no, we can't. I've checked it out. <laughs> Don't, don't you worry about that. So from now on, we think everything. That's right. If we sit it, it's perfectly fine. We can sit the entire song and still not get copyrighted for it. <laughs> I don't think that would be realistic. Really no, I don't think. I don't think people would want to skip ahead at that point. Yeah. Uh, that's why I don't do chapters, okay. so people can't skip ahead. <laughs> Even turn up. Do you know how to do chapters? I do. Okay. Do what? <laughs> Jeez, factual foe slapdown. Technical podcasting, technical know-how slapdown. What's going on? Anyway, enough of that. Top five Star Trek ships. 
half dressed bro can go first. <laughs> He's got some actually, what, actually, what we'll do is we'll, we'll do we'll do our five and then we'll do our four and then we'll do our three. Work in that order. All right. All right, and we'll do anti clockwise. So, bro, crystal, me. All right. Number five. All right. My number five is the uh, Prometheus. Ooh. Mm. Nice choice. Uh, because uh, I like the story behind that ship and it's a really cool episode. Cool. <laughs> My number five is the Tholian ship, or is it Tholians? Tholians, yeah. or, Tholians or Tholians? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with Tholians. <laughs> number five is the Tholians ship. Um, I just not so much the ship, but I which guess, one? They've got multiples. Well, the I'll, web spinner or the scout? The web spinner. Ooh, yes. well, it looks like a needle. I, I first saw them obviously in the original series, and I just think it was a, an interesting concept that uh, they're able to build this space web. But mm. even though the space is sort of three D up, down, around, they you couldn't get out of. It's very cool. Couldn't fly over. Couldn't fly under. Couldn't fly around. And then Q ripped off the the, the concept in uh, Canada at Farpoint. Oh, well, he's an he's a intelligent being. If he sees a good concept, he isn't he? Yeah. He'll steal it. Cool. Awesome. My number five is the Zindi Insectoid Olean Heavy Escort, oh, to give its full title. That, that's very, uh, very, <laughs> very... So in uh, in Enterprise, I think it was is it season two, the Zindi Expanse bullcrap, or was it season three? Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't Who a fan, cares, because Enterprise sucked balls I anyway. wasn't a fan of the Zindi arc. It didn't suck. I like it. But I wasn't a fan <laughs> of the Zindi arc. Well, the concept of the Zindi, uh, I was quite fascinated by. They had some cool-looking ships. Uh, the insectoids uh, they, we we got to see two of them, um, the just the the standard fighter, uh, but the, the the heavy escort I thought was the the better of the two. And it just looks sick. That's very specific. Looks like a claw, the claw, not the claw, the claw, the claw. <laughs> Where are you number four? Uh, my number four is the Romulan warbird. Oh, nice. Uh, which one? It looks cool. Which 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 one? Did uh, original series the. The multiple different ones they've got in Next Generation. Scimitar. Nemesis. Scimitar's on a little bit. Uh, probably the one, one of the ones from Next Generation, because the more modern-looking ones, but not the ones from uh, Nemesis. Ah, oh, so okay. the 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 Deidrex, the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With I'm the nice. uh, with the like oval shape, yeah. you know, like wingspan. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I think I think it's pronounced Deidrex. Something like that. You know, they're meant to be like three times bigger than the Enterprise itself. I mean, they're absolutely massive. Enterprise D, that is. Don't ask yeah, me how he knows big. that. I'm geeking out. I'm geeking out bad. The reason I know this is, don't, don't get me wrong, I do have to explain, right? Crystal made the mistake of printing it up. The reason I know this is because I've been going crazy with my uh, latest project. Uh, I don't want to give uh, too much away just yet. I'll, I'll, I'll reveal more later on. But uh, I basically, uh, I'm obsessed with the concept of Star Trek versus Star Wars, and uh, I've been looking at sort of you know ship sizes and ship trying power to explode and, the internet and stuff like that. Yeah, so <laughs> anyway, uh, so you know, moving on. <laughs> Enough about that. But uh, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not a complete geek. I haven't got this stuff memorized for years. And this uh, it's only because I've just been reading up on it in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> Your turn. Number four. Um, number four is Zephyrin uh, Cochrane's first warp ship. Cool. Oh, that's a good choice. I really like it. I like uh, seeing it flying for the first time. It sort of breaks out of the Ooh. away from the shell, like the old school Apollo sort of style. But then these nacelles mm. come out, and it reminds me of a dinosaur sort of hatching for the first time. And I think the analogy works with this because it's like the first fledgling warp ship where its little nacelles come out. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, it it's still kind of like NASA looking too. Like it looks, yeah. Yeah. looks like something that could really be. Yeah. It does yep. have a name, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, I just know that Captain Picard and Data wanted to be alone with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number four is the USS Enterprise A, the Constellation class refit of the Enterprise. Because let's face it, it's a classic. So that's the uh, Wrath of Khan. Yeah, yeah, the the motion picture version. The motion picture version. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love the original series version as well, but uh, the mo- the motion picture version I just think looks beautiful. If we ever do a top five Star Trek uniforms, those ones aren't going to end up on the list. No. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Star Trek uniform is the ridiculously short skirt ones from the original series. No, the men's midi skirts from the first series of the Next Generation. I don't know what happened to that. They just disappeared. <laughs> Although it is good that you know both men and women wearing the same sort of stuff, but that episode we're in DS9 where Dax and then they go back and she's in the skirt dress thing, and I was like, "Ooh la la!" <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Bo, number three. Uh, my number three is Voyager. Awesome. I think uh, it's my favorite series. It's a cool ship. It's kind of like a modern ver- version of the Enterprise. Yep. Yeah, good choice. Uses the uh, and I'll reveal why when I get back to my turn. Uses the uh, <laughs> the, the bio gel pack thing. Bio neural yeah. circuitry. There we go. Yeah, you're not a geek at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love the episode where the, the, the bio neural circuitry gets a cold. Uh-huh. <laughs> my number. Yeah, you know, they put that they put that in the ship because it was going to take so long to travel back. They could have worked into the story that it, like. Because it was a living thing that it would like die of old age eventually or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Uh, my number three is, and I, again, I don't know if this ship had a name, probably did, Cisco's sail ship that he builds as a hobby with his Oh, son. yeah. Cool. It's just, it just looks very pretty when he unfurls the sails. Yeah. Is it a solar sailor, I think? Something, something like that. Like that. It, yeah, it yeah. ran off of light particles, yeah. 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 Very cool. Protons. Yeah, that is a cool ship. Oh, you got some good choices. Uh, my number three is the USS Enterprise E, the Sovereign class, as seen in Nemesis. In first contact. It is, I think, the ultimate version of what the Enterprise could become. Uh, Bo, your number two. My number two, I was, I almost picked the 1701E, um, but I chose the D instead because I, I only wanted to pick one Enterprise. Hmm in my list just because otherwise like you said earlier you could just make a list of, of five Enterprise ships but hmm. um, I picked the D because it's probably the ship and it's in and slash crew uh, that I'm most familiar with and, and kind of whenever whenever the term Star Trek pops up and that's the image that pops in my head is the 1701D um, so I wanted to put it pretty high on my list cool yeah if we were talking crew it'd be the next generation crew for sure yeah. Just just once I would like Picard to order, fire at will, and then Worf actually shoots Riker. <laughs> <laughs> You're on fire this morning. Um, my number two is the Defiant, and not just to give me the chance to say it's a nice little ship, because it actually is a nice little ship. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Defiant, I must tell you. I just think I don't like his little nose. If I was if I was to have one a ship that that wouldn't be my my regular permanent ship, but it'd be nice to take little short trips with. Yeah, it'd be like my yacht ship. Yeah, with Wolf commanding. Maybe not. <laughs> it's a bit aggressive. The yacht ship that comes out of Voyager is pretty cool looking. 
Uh, my number two is the Voyager. Speak of the devil, the intrepid class, and uh, yeah, it is. It's like a, it's like an arrowhead version of the Enterprise. It just looks bloody awesome. Uh, the fact that it actually could actually yeah. touch down on land was awesome, which they've now obviously used in the new mm. new universe. Which that, was, that, was, that was a cool scene, uh, seeing Voyager in the atmosphere. Yeah, 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 and the way the nacelles lock into position, and it just and it just looks it basically even though it's not necessary because there's no actual resistance in space, it just the way it looked in the opening sequences gliding through space just looked, looked made it look like a submarine or something. Voyager's opening yeah. sequence one of my favorites. Yeah. Any yeah, that's probably, that's probably the best opening scene. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's better than it's better than Faith of the Heart. Or yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long road. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Bo, number one. My number one is a board cube. Ooh, fancy. Because yeah, because it's just uh, menacing looking. It's full of drones, and it just it just you know it just. It's something that kind of just, just the look of it, the fact that it's a, a perfect cube and it's not aerodynamic like you were just saying, and just, mm. just even the look of it lets you know that this is built by uh, something uh, unhuman and mechanical. You yeah. know, that's that's worried about function over form, and um, and then it's all you know dark and green, dark black and, and greens and and metals, and it just it looks evil and. Uh, you know, I just sheer just sheer looks alone. I I wanted to put it at number one on my list because it's a just an evil looking cube in outer space. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it looks so menacing, and it's not aerodynamic in the least because it's a cube, but it still looks menacing and like it it will, yeah. it will kill you. Yeah, and it's just, and it's so large too. You know, like uh, on Star Trek Online, anytime you see a Borg cube anywhere around you it's like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> cool alright uh, Chris is number one my number one well I was almost going to put a ball cube on my list for those very reasons but I decided to make my list more about ships I'd like to either play with or live on so my number one is the Enterprise 1701D hmm. because or even though I like Kirk's Enterprise I think the Enterprise D would be more comfortable. And even though I like the Enterprise E, again, the D looks more comfortable and, mm. and user-friendly with the, the cool holodecks and the, just the, the big state rooms. Every crew member's got a really, like an apartment. Not, there's not there's no three to a room like on Kirk's Enterprise. It's mm. a business. Nice comforted <laughs> comfort. If I was in Starfleet, I'd be willing to kill somebody to get a posting on although, the Enterprise D. Although I might change the colour scheme from beige to something else. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> All right, my number one is a Klingon Bird of Prey Boral class. Oh, that's very specific. I have to, yeah. be, I have to be specific. So you know which one I'm talking about, right? The one that actually looks like a like an actual bird. A bird of prey. Yeah, yeah the original yeah. So, series. As seen in... No, no, as seen in... Uh, not original series. As seen in, uh, you know, the movies and... And uh, you know the ones with the with the long wings that lock into position. Okay. You know the V thing and lock in. Um, just a, just a uh, sneaky quick. Okay, add one more in. Yeah, just one you can't more. Can't help yourself. I just, I just, I just a, a, a quick uh, honourable mention to the Kremen uh, weapon, temporal weapon ship, because just uh, not only does it look awesome, but because of what it does. I was almost going to put in the crystalline entity, but it's an alien, not a ship. Yes, yeah, it's not a ship. <laughs> I'm just glad nobody said that giant floating turd. 
<laughs> you know what I'm talking about from Next Gen? It's just a flying, it's just a flying lump of shit, and it turns out to be alive, and that Delta Zoid guy <laughs> mind melds with it and goes and lives on it and stuff. I'm like, come on. No, must have Something better than this, surely. Yeah, I don't remember that one at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was Farscape. Trust, no, trust me, it's real. <laughs> I swear to you. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I'll finish up with coming soon. In Australian cinemas, February 11th, we get Brooklyn, which is a romance. Uh, Zoolander 2. The Return of the Cheekbones. Which is not a romance. It's not a romance. Well, I'm sure it'll have some sort of romance in it. This is a Valentine's sort of theme happening. Yeah, maybe. Although, with the next film, obviously, that's not the case. Although, I wouldn't mind seeing Zoolander 2. Yeah, I'll, I'll see it, for sure. Um, and, of course, Deadpool. Duh. Deadpool finally makes it to the screen. Are you excited? No. I know someone who is excited. <laughs> I said I. <laughs> Black Sword. From uh, Menomojo's Black Sword is uh, posting every single day that it comes. It's you know a, ca- a countdown coming out. He's very excited. I think it's probably, you know I, I think he's affecting me. It probably could be. I mean, it probably will be quite a nice, fun, entertaining movie. But the hype's kind of put me off. Really? Yeah. So actually, actually, I, I had no care for it at all. But uh, I think Black Sword's helped hype me up. Now I want to see it. And uh, in America, uh, we have How to Be Single. Uh, I don't know what that is, but it. It Rebel. doesn't look like I'd go see it. Rebel Wilson. Australia's <laughs> and, own. Uh, what's that? Australia's own Rebel Wilson. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, we uh, also get Deadpool and Zoolander 2, and Where to Invade Next, the new Michael Moore documentary. Oh, yeah, Michael Moore. I haven't heard from Michael Moore for a while. Good. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I like his movies, but he's kind of a dick, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to... I'm. I've already checked to see, uh, that's not going to be nowhere near me. The closest, I think the closest where to invade next is going to play near me is probably Atlanta. Um, and I'm not going to travel all that way to see it. I'll just watch it whenever it comes out on Amazon or something. Yeah. But checking out Deadpool for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. What did you think of the, uh, just quickly before we finish up, is the petition that was put out to, for them to release a PG version of Deadpool. So not to recut Deadpool <laughs> to be PG, but to actually have a PG version. What make a whole uh, other movie? Yeah, a, another version of the film. Like it's not—it's not unheard of. It's happened before. I mean, like they release, you know, the the PG version of, let's say, Die Hard Four, for example. The one that came to the cinemas was PG, but then the one that comes to home video was, you know, M. And so this this woman basically complained that her son she can't take her son to go see the R-rated version and wouldn't want to. But he's a massive Deadpool fan, and so they should produce a PG version so that her son could see it. You know, yeah. I, you know what I say to that? So learn the concept of saying no. Produce a whole yeah. movie just so her son can go and see yeah. it. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, people have gotten involved. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not answering the idea. If they, if they do a PG version for the home video release, mm. you know, the home entertainment release, then by all means, go for it. I, I don't know that we should go ahead and make a PG version of Deadpool, but I do think there should be more PG superhero movies coming out. They're all being marketed to M and higher, and, and it's not, there's not a lot for the kids coming mm. out. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, anyway, I don't know. Although I disagree I, with the, the, the petition behind it, I actually kind of agree that it's a good idea. I say philosophically, uh, I don't care. But, <laughs> but from a business standpoint, they would never do that because, you know, that woman's kid represents a demographic of, of kids that want to go see a Deadpool movie but can't. 
but that demographic is not high enough for them to invest in making a whole other movie. If it was, then they would do it, and it would be a good business, you know, plan to do so. But it's not, so they're not. And he ain't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they would have to not only cut scenes but also reshoot scenes, and that's a massive yeah. cost. I don't know. Yeah, there they're, they're, they're never going to do that. There is a thing in the in the advertising business known as the power of the nag, and that's what you know, kids. Nah. Well, I think I think that pretty much their official response is uh, no, which is what she should say to her child. But anyway, that's it uh, for episode one eighty one. Hope you enjoyed it. We're going to put the aircon on now because it's hot. Because it's hot. Damn hot. <laughs> as hot as Bo reclining in bed. <laughs> that's it for me and the crew, Crystal. Funky cold Medina. <laughs> and Bo. Really, tween. <laughs> really. Bye. <laughs> You've been listening to NCP. Thank you for being a part of our crew. If you would like to support the show, you can use the Amazon widget on our website to do your Amazon shopping. If you have any feedback, please go to nerdculturepodcast.com forward slash contact us where you will find a list of the many different ways you can interact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode.